We got amazing news to share with you off the top of the podcast. If you may have missed the news, Godzilla Media is now live. Head to the website, GodzillaMedia.com, to find out more and the amazing partnership we have going on for the next few weeks. Thanks to our pals over at Graftex. Graftex has opened up the Godzilla Media store. So if you're looking for t-shirts, long sleeves, hats, hoodies, and more, the gift store will be open until April. For more information, check out GodzillaMedia.com. And we've kept the prices very reasonable. I made sure to do that with Graftex. They're not jacked up like other media companies you may know or other podcasts you listen to. The same prices you would find at Graftex there in Cortland. So, taking care of your price. Also, 100% polyester. My go-to order. Get that, especially if you're getting ready to work out right now. A workout shirt that's going to last you a long time. Check it out now. GodzillaMedia.com. Find out more about what's going on with getting there with Goz and Goz on the go and more. Love to have your support however you can have it, whether it's through the gift shop or find out about how we can help you at Godzilla Media. Appreciate all that. And again, our pals over at Graftex, give them a call. 1-800-417-7791. Again, 1-800-417-7791. Check out their website, graft-text.com. Again, graft-text.com. Or give my buddy Derek an email today, D. Allen. D-A-L-L-E-N at graph-text.com. If you're looking for your kickball team, your softball team, maybe your podcast, your media company, and more, you're looking for gear, you love what he did with us, D. Allen at graph-text.com. Now, on to this week's episode of Getting There with Gaz. Another episode here of Getting There with Gaz. And we've got a special guest on the show, Joe Cremo. You might know him if you're a Capital Region native. If you're listening from outside the Capital Region, you're going to hear about his story today. So, Joe, let's start from the beginning, my friend. Take us to when you're a kid. Where'd you grow up? What was the first job you wanted as a kid? And was that job the same job you wanted when you were 18 years old? Yeah. So for people who don't know, I grew up in Scotia, New York, really small part. Obviously, it's near like 20 minutes from Albany where I ended up going to college um, my, for my first three years. Um, yeah, I guess when I was a kid, like I always wanted to be a professional athlete. I was huge into like baseball and basketball. Um, and then eventually, as I got older, um, obviously, it became basketball became the thing that I wanted to do. Um, I would say I would say basketball was always the more like favorite over baseball, but I definitely love baseball just as much growing up. There's something about that area for those who aren't familiar with Scotia and Glenville and that part of the capital region. There is so much pride. What does it mean for you? And why is that area feel so important to people who are growing up and going through their life in that Scotia Glenville area? Yeah, I think it's uh, a combination of a couple of things, but Obviously, being a small town, a lot of people know each other. So you grow up together and playing sports like my basketball team. The same guys played together on the same team since we were like five. So, you know, it was just like a family. And then I just think like the pride, like you were saying before, everyone's very committed to like sports in general. But just as a community, we had uh, I remember in our basketball season my junior and senior year like the state championship games we had like the whole place like packed in there so it was crazy it felt like the whole community was behind us and it was a great feeling 
It's amazing. Not just you, not just Zach Pye, who we both are familiar with. Everybody who's from that Scotia Glenville area, and I know it's combined areas, but mm. everybody I talk to loves it so much. Joe, I never told you this. I never told Zach this before. I bought a house in Glenville because of you and because of Zach. Because <laughs> you guys have so much pride in Scotia Glenville. I'm like, they beam with pride with this place. I want to move here. So thank you because I love living here. So yeah. I appreciate all the pride you guys have had in that area because I wanted to move out here because you guys love it so much. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. So let's let's talk about that journey at Scotia Glenville. You end up having truly one of the best careers in Section 2 basketball history. And also you're in the conversation as one of the best New York State players of all time with the numbers you put up. How did it happen? Was it you were just always working as a kid when you were younger to have that success? Was it maybe seeing those role models come through Scotia Glenville? What are some of the things that contributed to you having such an amazing high school career there? Yeah, I mean, I could never give the credit like all to myself because uh, a lot of my success, there's been so many people along the way. And growing up, I had a, a teammate, uh, Scotty Stapera, who's a little point guard on my team. His dad actually coached us from like the time we were five until like all the way up through middle school. You know, we have other coaches along the way, but he was always like our travel coach and everything. Um, and he would just always, even when we were younger, my, my mom thought like he was crazy because he'd want us in the gym. We'd be practicing like second, third grade. He'd have us in there seven to nine, like four days a week. And my mom's <laughs> like, they're in like third grade. And he's like, well, they want to be good. Like they got to practice. And I'm like, all right. So we were all crazy. Luckily, it was a whole group of guys that were crazy and committed to playing, you know, all the time and playing with each other. So it was fun. Um, but I mean, obviously, the guys that came before us, like Zach By, Terrence Coppola, uh, there's just so many guys that came before uh, Terrell Winnie. Um, and just those guys, they work so hard and like going to the games all the time. I used to go there and watch all those games, be the water boy, sit on the bench, like stuff like that. And it was a great journey. And then, you know, as we got older, uh, we became pretty good and our run began and it was just, a, it was a crazy run that we had uh, probably from my freshman year after my freshman year, like sophomore year through senior year, I think we only lost like two games. So it was pretty crazy. It's a uh, hopefully people understand what we're talking about here, because when you're a young kid growing up in an area and you're watching those players as a kid have success and you get to step into those same uniforms onto that same floor in that same gym and you have success it is an incredible moment. And for you, I'm sure you had those moments where you like, we're not just winning. We're one of the best teams in the state and we're doing things that teams in this school's history have never done before. Those moments for you, not just doing it for the pride of your city and your town, but your friends, mm. those must have been incredible moments. What was it like having those victories and successes with those people? Yeah, like the bus rides home were great. Like the like I said, the whole community was behind it. So like after games, like everyone's at the game congratulating you. And um, it just it was a great feeling because everybody was in it for more than it was just more than about yourself. So it was like, yeah, I put up like a like big numbers here and there. But like it was so much more than just me and like about so much more than just me. And like all that work we put in from, you know, five years old to where we got to. Um and then getting texts from like Zach by and Terrence and like, you guys are amazing. Like I, I remember Terrence actually wrote me like a note. I don't know. Do you know Terrence? I don't know Terrence. No, he was an all time leading scorer at our school. He had like over 1300 points um, at Scotia. And then before I got there, um, 
you know, so he was always like the guy that I was like, wow, this guy is amazing. Like he, I thought he was like the next big thing and we still stay in touch to this day. And he sent me a letter after we won our state championship and said like, it's crazy when, you know, you're looking up to somebody that's like, yeah, basically like, it's funny to think like somebody that looked up to you, you end up looking up to them, even though like they're younger than you, whatever, you know? So it was cool yes. just to get those kind of like letters and communication and stuff like that it was fun. You couldn't ask for a better high school career for all those things that happened for you and the success there. But you're you're fortunate. I like to say that when we talk about college athletics, you're fortunate enough to be given the opportunities to play at the next level. Kind of take us through this recruiting process and why did you end up deciding to play for the Great Danes? Yeah, um, they were the first uh, school that was on me in high school. I didn't play AAU, so like I didn't play City Rocks and I didn't have like a crazy recruitment. Um, I started to get some interest from like Vermont and Albany and stuff like that, uh, St. Rose, like local schools. And I committed like my junior year. My grandma actually passed away that year. And it was like the first time I had somebody really close to me pass away. And I was like, you know what? Like, I don't really feel like going through this whole process. Like, I, I feel great at Albany. Like I went on a little like unofficial visit there, you know, met up with the guys, talked to coach Brown, the coaches there. Um, and I felt great about it. Like I literally left there and told my dad, like, yeah, no, I feel like I want to play like close to home. And um, my family was is huge to me. So I wanted to play close to home, play in front of my grandpa, who is 90 now. And um, and just, yeah, I mean, that was I was always a homebody. Like that's not any news to anyone. So, um, but yeah, Coach Brown was great. And, you know, I don't regret like any of the three years that I played there. It was a uh, it was a great journey. So. I know you know this, but for those who might not be the biggest sports fans out there, you know that story's outrageous, that you're one of the best players in the area, you're tearing it up in Section 2, you're not playing AAU, and you commit your junior year. Like, that is not the norm, and I know you know this now, that most of the guys who are in the level that you're at, they're playing AAU, they're taking multiple visits, they're having multiple offers. I don't want to say, like you said, you don't regret it, so you've already said that. But yep. you understand, I'm sure, at this point in your life that your path could have been completely different if you had done different things at that high school journey when you were going through it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I just feel like it, we were so close that, like, it was hard for me to be like, all right, I'm going to go play with City Rocks for, like, you know, months at a time. And I just didn't I just didn't think it was worth it. I mean, it might like, – like you said, my path could have been different, but I think everything happens for a reason. And, um, you know – Obviously, today things change. Everybody plays City Rocks. Everyone, you know, goes to prep, whatever it is. But back then, it's just how it was. And, you know, like I said, I'm I'm happy with how everything turned out. All right, let's go to that first practice. You did it. You played Division One college basketball. You've hit this level that so many basketball players dream of. Mm-hmm. Take us to the first practice and the first game. Was it a little bit of... Uh, I'm a little over my head. Welcome to college basketball kids moment. Did you ever have that? Yeah, like first practice, like I just wanted to, you know, play as hard as I possibly could and just show like the seniors that were on my team, like they're not just going to like push me around and, um, you know, I'm here to play and I'm here to like, you know, make an impact right away and and at the same time be a good teammate and just make sure that they know like I'm not trying to just like get mine and stuff like that. So I was trying to be perfect in it. It wasn't perfect, but it was a good practice. And I remember I had like to hit like the last two free throws of practice or something like that. Uh, we or else we had to run or something like that. I had to hit two uh, two free throws and then we could leave. And if I didn't, then we run and stuff. So I'm like, oh god, I got all this pressure. I'm a freshman, but I was like, you know, I was confident because like I put in so much time that I'm like, I go to the free throw line, knock them both down. And I'm like, all right, 
now these seniors like might have a little confidence in me now. So I always had the confidence in myself and it was just great that, you know, my freshman year I ended up playing like 20, 25 minutes a game and coach had confidence in me right from the start. 20 to 25 minutes a game as a freshman. Yeah, most freshmen might just yeah. be happy if they get on the court a little bit if they're off the bench. So you didn't have the moment where you're staring around looking at the crowd. You're like, I got to play. Uh, I'm a contributor year one. Yeah, let me let me get to that. The the yeah. moment, the first moment, like uh, practice wasn't like a shock and awe kind of thing. But the first game was uh, at Kentucky at Rupp Arena. Uh, we were playing like Jamal Murray, Tyler Eulis, um, who else? Scal Labissier, like. It was just a lot of like NBA guys. You know what I mean? At the time, you're like, you're finding out like Jamal Murray's a freshman. He's like showing us his highlights from like when he played Team USA and he was on Canada and he was torching him for like 35. And I mean, what's the scouting report on him? Like, I know Coach Pelletier had the scout and I'm like thinking at the time, like, all right, we got a good scout on this guy. And he actually only had a couple points in the first half and then he went off for 20 in the second half. Like, I thought we did it. We only, I think we lost by 12, I think. It was like a pretty, close game uh, and then they started to open up the second half a little bit and I got like my first couple buckets there so that was cool it was a good environment Jamal Murray for Kentucky the man is tearing it up for the Nuggets and that's game one yeah my first bucket in college was a, a putback uh, against Kentucky like somebody missed a shot and I had offensive rebound put back like it was like that's not the bucket I thought I would be shooting a three or something <laughs> Most people say that's a movie scene. Yeah, I'm going to go from Scotia Glenville. I'm going to do all the big things. They're going to drop me game one against the Wildcats. I'm going to put a putback bucket in. Most people said I'm done. They would have like Bill Murray and Space Jam. I'm done. I'm retired. That's it. And that's game one for you, man. That's absolutely insane. Yeah, it was fun. So you guys have a good run at Albany. You guys continue to have success. And you go through a situation in your career, which is very unique, but maybe as you mentioned, time has just changed how college basketball has changed, where you decide after three seasons to transfer to Villanova. Take us through that process of why you decided to leave UAlbany and why you decided on the Wildcats. Yeah, um, looking back on Forward Joe tells us about why he decided to leave the UAlbany Great Danes program for Villanova. We want to tell you about our friend Alex Bodenzeek at AVB Taxes, man. Alex has been taking care of me this tax season. So many things are changing. 2020 and 2021 have been insane years. And maybe you don't realize some of the things that have changed financially for you. Or maybe you've got so much on your plate, you just need someone to help you out with your taxes. Let Alex Bodenzeek be that guy. He is the go-to, the relief for small service business owners like myself. Maybe just somebody who's stressed out about taxes. Whatever your setup may be, Alex will help you through that. And so many of us, I know I've had the conversations. You delay that process. Get all the paperwork. You find yourself throwing that Hal Mary at the last second. Don't do that. Work with a guy like Alex Bodenzeek. Professional. Keeps your stress to a minimum. Your taxes to a minimum and more. A team player you want to work with. This month especially, my wife and I, we call up Alex. Is this right? Did you handle it? We can't believe the success we're going to have. It's doing taxes a completely different way. Alex has found these great ways to help us, especially a family and more. During this time, he can do the same for you. Again, tax season is here. Work with someone who can help you. Alex Bodenzeek, 518-400-0282. Again, 518-400-0282. Free consultation with him. AVB taxes. Alex Bonenzeek, my guy, has helped my family through the tax season. He can do the same for you. Now on to Joe's story about why he decided to leave U Albany. My time there at Albany, it was uh, a great experience. Um, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. Like that's just part of life. Um, 
and I, I wish, you know, we could have, I wish I could have brought a championship to Albany and like went to the tournament with them. That was my goal going in was always to, you know, take a school like Albany. Like they're already, I think they won three in a row. And then I got there. Um, we, we were always like getting like 20 wins in a season. And then we kind of struggled in the playoffs and stuff sometimes. So we had a chance the one year at Vermont in the conference uh, tournament in the championship game uh, came up short. So yeah, definitely it stinks looking back that I couldn't bring a championship there. But for me, I just, after three years, I was like, kind of like, you know what? I have this chance to graduate early uh, transfer without sitting out. And then I was like, I talked to the coaches individually um, just because I thought that was the most respectful way to go about it. And just told them like, I want to take a chance on myself at a higher level, regardless, you know, you know, grass isn't always green around the other side, but I was like, I want to take a chance, challenge myself. And I always felt like I could play at that level. And I just wanted to, to really give it a chance. We have so many players at the college level now, the division one level, especially whether it's football, basketball, who go through things that you've gone through. It's in the headlines all the time. You can go through the Kyler Murray's, Justin Fields, Baker Mayfield, the guys transfer, it happens and they go on to different spots. But mm -hmm. what makes your story so unique is that you mentioned this, this is your hometown. Mm. Like you've got relatives, friends, high school classmates, everything else who have come out to games and watch you play for the Great Danes. So that added pressure, whether it's fair or unfair, unfortunately, is placed on your shoulders because you could have easily played year four in your hometown, had the senior night, had all the accolades and everything else. But betting on yourself, Joe, the pressure you must have felt actually saying, you know what, I'm doing this had to be overwhelming at times for you. Mm. Yeah. So like the process, um, I remember my mom, like she told me after the fact, after like I went through all the recruiting and stuff with the transfer, she was like, you know, I was worried at first. Like, I didn't like, is there going to be schools that call? Or is there going to be schools that are like, you know, interested in stuff? And I'm like, yeah, like, I think there'll be schools that are interested in like, boom, like right away. Like I got my, um, I got my release from Albany and within like 10 minutes I had like Louisville, Creighton, Arizona and, like whoever it was, Kansas on the phone. It was crazy. Um, and I, and I was like telling my friends, I'm like, you imagine like if like Bill Self like called me or something and literally like I got a voicemail like later that night, like, Hey, it's coach self. Like, uh, <laughs> I still got the voicemail. It's funny. Um, but it was a crazy, like, you know, I got to experience like what it's like to be recruited at like the highest level and had basically every school <laughs> except for like, you know, like Kentucky, Duke even reached out to me at one point and that was when like Zion and RJ Barrett were going there. So it was like, I had a lot on my mind and it was one, the thing that was the toughest part about it was I only had one year. Um, so I only had, I choose a school that I thought one year I was going to be, you know, successful at obviously on the court, but I wanted to be off the court too and get my master's degree and Villanova felt like the best fit at the time. I remember one time, I think you and I had talked about a day or two after you decided to make the move and leave the program. We were getting ready to do an interview, and you said, guys, I need like 10 minutes. I think Gonzaga's calling me. <laughs> I, don't know, I think it was Gonzaga or Arizona. It was one of the two out of the schools out yeah, west. Yeah, like, yeah. I need 10 minutes. I got Gonzaga's on the phone. So like you mentioned, you decided on Villanova as a school. Take us through that relationship with Coach Wright and why you felt the fit for the Wildcats was your best fit for that final season at the NCAA level. Yeah, I felt that like same family environment that I felt like at Scotia and like felt right at home. Like the guys there were great. The culture, you could just feel it like right away. And um, I remember like we were, he was giving me a tour of the campus and it was like Coach Wright in a golf cart. And I was sitting next to him. We were going around and everybody was like, hey, Jay, hey, Jay. Like it was I was like this man, he's really the man on campus. And uh, <laughs> it was it was cool. I mean, like I said, like 
I mean, I don't even know how to really explain it. My mom said to me, like, after, like, I knew you were going to, like, pick that. I just felt it um, after after all the schools, like, talked to me and stuff. And I went on, like, four different visits. Um, Coach Wright's an amazing guy. The guys, all the coaches there, the players, they have something really special there. I don't really know how to put it into words sometimes. But um, it was a great, great relationship. And you still to this day, you know, he's still helping me with a lot of stuff. I'm finishing up my master's degree from Villanova right now, and um, I still keep in contact and go back and visit there all the time. That's amazing, man, that you're deciding to get your master's and everything else. Really cool stuff there. Now, we mentioned earlier that you had that first practice at Albany, that first game at Albany, but when you did that, you're a teenager. Mm. Now, when you do this at Villanova, you're experienced, you're a college basketball player, you're a veteran. Mm. Was that whole experience for practice one and game one as a Wildcat far different than what it was for a Great Dane? honestly it was like the same thing because now because i'm trying to learn like you know they have a whole new system so it's not like i can just go in there and play like however i want to play like they got a certain system they got a culture like and you got to learn that system and culture it's different from like you know what albany was they have their own culture their own system um so i was in there going in as basically like yeah i was a senior grad senior but i was also a freshman so I'm like trying to learn everything too. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying yeah. to pick up all these concepts. So it was a lot of pressure and obviously, um, but I was like, you know what? Like I put in the work again, like I'm confident and I just went out there and, and it was a great year. I mean, obviously the numbers, like people will look at it and be like, oh, the numbers were down and this and that. But I was part of a team that won a regular season Big East championship. And I had some ups, had some downs. Like, again, that's just part of it. You got to take the good with the bad sometimes, but really? it was a great experience. And you got to play in the NCAA tournament. You got to yep. play in March Madness. Like, take us through that journey that so many people are going to be watching this. We're taping this in March of 2021. For me, especially, like, my favorite event in any sporting event is the NCAA tournament. I love it. The magic moments, the Cinderella's, the stories we didn't hear about before. What was it like for you taking the court in March yeah. Madness in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, it was uh, the whole thing leading up to the tournament. It's crazy, like, Selection Sunday and, you know, then – obviously like going to the practices and different arenas and stuff like that. Um, it was, it was a good experience. I can't really, um, I'm trying to put it into words, but it, it's different for sure. But we obviously didn't get to where we wanted to get to. We ended up running into a really tough team with Purdue and uh, they actually made a huge run that year, ended up losing to Virginia and then Virginia went on to win it all. But um, it was a, it was a good experience. I'm glad, like, like I said, with Villanova, the whole experience there and, um, being, being a part of that and being something bigger than myself was uh, very special to me. So as you mentioned, technically your time as a wildcat hasn't ended because you're still a student there. You're getting your master's degree, but your playing career as an athlete for the wildcats. And like so many different people, especially with the world changing in 2020 and 2021, something you're so accustomed to doing is going to change again here for you. You've gone through the change from going to high school to college and then to college to a college. Yeah. Now you start to prep for the professional level. What yeah. happens after game, you know, the final game is a wildcat and how you start to prepare for that next level? Yeah. Um, I ended up talking to like one of my assistant coaches there, figuring out like if I could get like with an agent that, you know, someone he knew and stuff. So I got an agent and um, then tried to get into a couple workouts. Uh, Villanova helped me with getting in contact with a couple teams for some workouts. I worked out with the Wizards, the Nets, and uh, then like last minute one night I'm in Scotia. This is funny, like Philly wanted me to work out, but they call me at like 8.30 p.m. 
they're like, hey, we, uh, my assistant coach is like, hey, like Philly wants to work you out tomorrow. I'm like, what time? He's like, 9 a.m. And I'm like, it's 8.30 at night right now. Like, am I, I mean, yeah, like I, I'm definitely like, if I have to drive, I'll drive. But like, so I call my friends, I'm like, or I texted my friends, I'm like, yo, like they want me to go work out. I don't have a ride. And my friends were like, yo, let's go. Like, you only got one shot at this. My friends drove me down. I got there at like 2.30 in the morning. I like fall asleep by like three. And then I got a workout at 9 a.m. With, with the Sixers. I'm like, this is crazy. But, you know, we made it happen. And it was a pretty good workout. I was a little tired by the end of it. But it was good experience. What amazing friends who get in the car and say, we're going to Philly. Joe, that's an episode of Entourage you just described to me. Like Johnny <laughs> Drama and Turtle are driving Vince to Philly to do the uh, – that's a real-life Entourage moment. I'm telling yeah. you, like in that car ride, you guys must have been like, this is something we may – like we've dreamed up, and this is yeah. happening with us. Yeah, it was – It was. Uh, I obviously, I really appreciate my friends and, um, you know, them bringing me down there. And then obviously like getting into those workouts, like getting back to your question from before – um, I had a good workout with Philly. I had a good workout with Washington and then with Brooklyn, uh, had a really, that was probably my best workout, like shot the lights out that day, like in the shooting drills when we played three on three and stuff like that, one-on-one. -on -one. And then they asked if I, you know, would be available for like their G league team. And I asked about like summer league and summer league didn't work out, but I went to training or I ended up, uh, putting my name in the G league draft and I was actually the last pick in the draft. They t I thought I was going to be picked like one of their first picks. They had four picks in the draft. I ended up being like the last pick of the entire draft, fourth round. I was like, all right, you know what? Screw it. Like I got my shot and I went down to training camp the next day after the draft and I was down there for two weeks. Thought I had like a really, really good two weeks. Um, then the last day struggled a little bit. And then they ended up cutting me on my birthday, actually. So that was tough. Oh, <laughs> oh man. But here's the thing, though. Like, when you're wearing the workout gear, and I think most people know this, but just in case they don't. Like, when you're working out for the Wizards and you're working out for the Nets and the Sixers, mm -hmm. they're giving you T-shirts and shorts and everything else that say Washington Wizards, you know, mm -hmm. Brooklyn Nets. So when you put that gear on, so many people would just wish to have that moment. You know right. what? They might cut me. I might get picked. I might not get picked. But a professional sports team just right. gave me their gear to potentially work for that sports team. I don't even know if you have the pictures. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. But yeah. that moment alone of, hey, here's Joe Cremona Wizards workout gear. That like that could be the I made it moment for most people. And you got that if anything happens for you for the next few years. Like you got that moment. You got right. a chance to try out for the NBA. Yeah. Uh, I upset. I don't take any of it for granted. And try and just take it one step at a time with everything that comes my way. Like I said, been through a lot of ups and downs. Um, and, and things could always be worse. Like every time like something gets bad, I always think like, you know, somebody else probably has it off worse. So you just got to be grateful and not take anything for granted. And those workouts were just, uh, like I said, another step in the uh, journey, a great experience. And then, uh, what was I going to say after, so I told you I got cut, um, from the nets and then i went home for about a month and i texted coach Wright, and i was like hey like i ended up getting cut you know is there a chance i can get a spot like with the team as like a grad assistant work on my masters and figure out if i wanted like you know play overseas and whatnot he was all for it they were gonna you know help me out with that being a grad assistant and whatnot um and then like a month went by you know i'm still working out like two three times a day i'm like i'm still working out stay ready for any opportunity 
about a week before I go back to Villanova to be a grad assistant, I get a phone call and I'm like, oh, who's, oh, it's the GM from the Nets that I was with. So I'm like, wonder what this could be. And he called me and he's like, hey, like, we feel like we made a mistake and we want you back. I'm like, all right, now I'm kind of in the middle of it. But I text Coach Wright and I was like, hey, can I call you? And, you know, he answers me and I'm like, hey, they, they got this opportunity for me still. They want me to come back and I feel like I can't turn turn this opportunity down. He totally understood and he was like, anytime you want to come back, this opportunity will be here for you. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go for it. Went back and played with them. Uh, the Long Island Nets from like December until March and then COVID hit and then everything went, you know, obviously downhill from there. So, yeah. So the next question for me is a little tougher because I don't know like, if you can't answer this, say like, hey, I can't answer that. So you're in a spot where technically the Nets still own your rights. So if they call you back, you would be a member of the Nets organization, but you could potentially, let's say somebody in Europe calls you, you could go over there. If you don't want to answer that, you don't have to. But like, where yeah. does your rights stand professionally at this point? Yeah. So they actually ended up this past season, you know, they sent like half the teams down to a G League bubble in, uh down in Disney and then half the teams like didn't even play. But the guy called me from the Nets. Um, they ended up trading my rights to the Northern Arizona. Uh, forgot the name, but it's Northern Arizona. It's Phoenix, uh, the Suns team, but they ended up selling their team to the Pistons. So it's all and then I ended up just like put my name back in the G League draft this year and I, I didn't get drafted. So that was kind of, uh, you know, it was a tough moment. And I was like, you know what? I just got to keep keep working and stay ready. If there's an opportunity out there for me, like it'll happen. Everything happens for a reason. Like that's what I just keep thinking. And, um, you know, so right now I'm not playing, but I'm still working out and uh, finishing up my master's from Villanova. So. I'm excited, man. The cool part about this podcast, too, is that if you're listening in March of 2021, you might be listening in July or September. And by the time you're listening, Joe could be on the Suns or Pistons or Nets or Beckett. No, this is the fun part about this podcast is that we're going to take this journey getting there with guys. We're all doing these journeys together, whether you're business owners, athletes like Joe, coaches, media members. You are legit on this journey. So we're very excited that we get to follow this journey along with you, man. I know you're busy. You're getting your master's. You're Trying to, you're, you know, you're grinding at this pro athlete thing, which is amazing. I got five more questions for you, and then I'm going to let you go. All right. All right. All right. Let's do it. Five questions. You know what? I covered a lot. I'm actually only going to do four, Joe. I'm going to make it even easier for you. You don't want that one? You sure? Unless you got to, you know what? I'll let you ask me a question. That's how we'll do that at the end. All right. All right. All right. I got you. Yeah. All right. Your favorite athlete growing up as a kid. I know you mentioned Terrence and Zach, so we're going to cut the Scotia Glenville guys out. Actual pro athlete. Yeah. 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 Who's your favorite athlete as a kid and why? uh like i said i was a big baseball and basketball fan i think uh for overall i'd probably say Derek jeter um just the way like he carried himself i feel like nobody really hates that guy he was just a great role model to look up to and then basketball it's funny this is no one thinks about this but my brother like me and my brother loved him um latrell sprewell was like one of my favorite players growing up <laughs> really yeah. so, so, like your age by the way you're so you remember sprewell for the wolves yeah right? the wolves yeah, and then okay. the knicks and uh I was I was a big well fan and then Jason Kidd. I was a huge. All right, next one here for you. Is there mm-hmm. anybody more competitive than you? Because before I actually like talked nah. to you and got to know you in the media sense, all I heard was like, hey, Joe Cremo is like super competitive. <laughs> I'm like, all right, dude, he's a college athlete. Everybody's competitive. Then I started seeing the, the shots of you taking free throws at the end of games and the media members are Joe, I feel like you're one of the most competitive people, but are, is that true? Is that a myth? And is more more people competitive than you? Yeah, no, definitely not a myth. Uh, definitely true. 
Um, <laughs> sometimes probably maybe a little too much. Like I know my friends have like gotten mad at me before because I'm literally like trying to like fight him and stuff like during games that we like I lose or something. You know what I mean? So it, it doesn't even it doesn't even have to be basketball. <laughs> Wait a second. So we're talking like PlayStation, Xbox, like anything you're getting ready to like brawl with your friends over? Uh, all right. So the brawls like is just more like if it's like actually playing against sports and stuff, but like video games, like I get pissed, but I'm not, I'm not going to fight him over a video game. <laughs> why? You're no. just, why are you so competitive? Is it just how you, like you mentioned, you're so young when you're going through the basketball thing. It's not a bad thing, body stretch. Although sometimes you say maybe it's a curse in some ways. Is there a reason you feel like you're so competitive? Uh, just having like two older brothers. I feel like they always used to beat up on me like crazy amount of times. Like they would just you know, beat me all the time and everything. And then we used to do this boxing in the basement where it would just be like those two versus me. And I would just have the headgear on and they, and they would have like gloves and they just like <laughs> beat on me. I'm like, this is crazy. This is actually so unfair. <laughs> That's the answer. All right. There's the answer. Why Joe there's, Cremo for you all being Villanova fans want to know. There's why he's so good. <laughs> there, there's the anger part of it right there. <laughs> All right, so if you could go against the one NBA guy right now, if you could say, you know what, I get to guard this guy, I get the ball against Jamal Murray, you've already played against, so I guess he's off the list. Who else would be on this list? The one guy you want to go up against? Kevin Herter, and I'm locking him up. Oh, so hang <laughs> on with you and Herters. Maybe my age is mixed up here. Help me with the, the Herter connection with you and him, because are you guys the same age? Help no, me with you and Herter. He's uh, he's, I want to say, close to two years younger than me. Um. It's a funny story, actually, like really quick. So I want to take up yeah, two. No, minutes. you go as long as you want. It's a podcast, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, when we were younger, like fourth grade, Kevin was in third, I think. And we had a travel game. And um, we were up two with like four, three seconds left. No, two or three seconds left. And this kid's in third grade, right? So you're thinking it's probably going to take him a few more dribbles than whatever to get to like half court. It's more than three seconds. He gets the ball like behind the free throw line dribbles it. They don't start the clock. They'll say that he did. They don't start the clock right away. He drives, dribbles it to half court, chucks up a half court shot, third grade, banks it in for the win against us. I'm going nuts. I'm like, I'm going up, I'm going over the scores table of fourth grade. I'm like, start the clock. All this stuff. And uh, it's still a funny moment to this day. We talk about it all the time, but I mean, and then you just see like, you know, him going to the NBA and doing everything he's doing. Um, and me and him are still really close. And it's great to see him having success. Obviously, I say that jokingly, like that I'd lock him up. Heck of a player. I obviously love competing against him. I just want to see a moment now where you guys are balling to the NBA and you hit a half court shot and you like point at him or give him like <laughs> one of these like payback, baby. <laughs> I guess. That's right, man. Uh, last one here for you. For a young capital region athletes, for New York athletes, whoever might be listening to this episode of Getting There with Gons, if they want to get to the level Joe Cremo's at, what's the best advice you can offer young basketball players to get to your level? Yeah, I would just say, like I was talking about before, like take the ups with the downs and, you know, just work at it every day. Like if you got something that's really you're really passionate about and you really love, then just like work at it every day. And obviously I feel like I'm a product of that. Like I came from a small town, like nobody knows where Scotia is. I'm not like overly tall. I'm not like six, seven. I don't jump out of the gym, but just working at your craft every day and what you love. And, and then obviously if you got friends that like enjoy the same thing as you, like I had friends, luckily, at the age of five, six, seven that loved basketball, and then we just played all the way through high school. But if you got friends, team up with them and try and do something special together.
I love it, man. By the way, uh, my son uh, is, who knows, likely going to be a Scotia Glenville player one day. His My wife is six foot tall. She played college volleyball. I'm six two. So who knows? Maybe the next Joe Cremo could be little Rex Kozlowski out there balling okay. out with Scotia Glenville. We'll see. We'll see how quick it is with Coach Cremo maybe helping him out there. Maybe he'll I'll be looking out for him for sure. All right. I love it, man. Uh, I got my I got my question for you now. Okay, let's hear it. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, I got one. I got one one serious question, and then I got one one joke like joking question. Okay. But, all right, the joking question is, um, who would win in one on one, me or Zach? By. Ooh. I'm, think, I'm talking. I'm talking prime high school college Zach by versus prime high school Albany era Joe Primo. I feel like you can get to the basket and be a better scorer. I would give the spread. Like, I would give you a two and a half point. If we're counting by one to 11, game to 11 by one, I would give you a two and a half point edge. And then I think you would still win. So, about three points, 11 to eight would be the final. Here's the thing with Zach. Uh, Is it true? I don't even know if Zach knows the story. So, obviously, he went by the nickname Bird, right? Like, that's what people know him as is Bird because he can get up. uh, We used to give him the Bird. Yeah, yeah. We used to give him the Bird. So when I got hired for my uh, position at my former employer in the afternoon drive, they were talking about everything going on. It was so fast. They're like, all right, guys, you're the new host. You're going to take over. I was like, is that it? They're like, yeah, that's it. I'm like, what else are we going to do? He's like, well, I actually was just talking to Zach. Have you ever seen him dunk? I'm like, wait, I'm like, wait a second. I thought we were talking about like my new contract and my new responsibilities, the afternoon drive host. They're like, yeah, we'll do all that later. You got to check out these YouTube videos of Zach by dunking. So when I got my first job oh my God, in yeah. Albany, like hosting the drive and running the station and everything else, rather than breaking down my contract and talking about my new responsibilities or anything else, we're watching Zach buy highlights <laughs> of him dunking in high school in yep. St. Rose, right? So yeah. I would say three points, Cremo wins 11-8. Okay. I respect it. Um, it's funny. There's also a video out there on YouTube. It's uh, when I'm about – probably like five years old again. Like I'm at one of the games and after I asked him if he could jump over me and dunk. And, and I was like, and he, there's a video out there on YouTube. You literally type in like Zach by dunks, like whatever jumps over Joe Cremo or something like that. And it's a video on YouTube, Zach in high school, like jumping over me, dunking. It's crazy. And then, you know, he ended up obviously like being the commentator at like my games at Albany. It was a really cool experience. Yeah, and I want to know how if hopefully in the future Zach will come on. I know Barrett Sports Media did a great piece on his career recently, so I'm going to give him a little bit of a break of talking about himself because they did such a great job on that. I want to find out how he got the hops. Like I want to know how Bird became Bird and got that vertical leap out. Of the <laughs> Glenville. I want you to get me, that workout going. You and me both. We both want to. <laughs> no, but uh, and then the last question I guess would just be like for your for where you're at in your profession, what do you think, you know, what advice do you have for people out there that want to get into your kind of position? Yeah. My best advice for people. Um, I said this on an earlier podcast and it's definitely worth repeating because this is one of the first podcasts. If you're looking on this side of the podcast, that little logo right there uh, is the Godzilla media LLC logo. Mm-hmm. So I had a piece of advice I got from one of my old bosses back in Syracuse when I was hosting out there. They said, when you introduce yourself to somebody Say your name is Tom Gozlowski, LLC, or Tom Gozlowski, INC. I remember when I got that piece of advice, I was like, dude, what are you talking about? I'm worried about the Syracuse postgame show. Like, I got to figure out if they're going to win today. I don't know. What is this LLC, INC stuff? So my best advice would be, if you're 18, listen to this, you're 22 in college, 
build the YouTube platform, do the podcast, get those reps, use StreamYard. Because when I was doing this, and this was only 10 years ago, none of this stuff really people knew what to do with. Now right. you can get more reps than ever before. You just mentioned Zach calling your games at UAlbany. You know, if someone's living in the Scotia Glenville area and they want to broadcast a game and put it on YouTube, especially with the pandemic still going on, right. you guys can do that now. So go out and try to find out how you can help yourself get better. And if people in the future, who knows what these platforms are going to look like, they're going to pay you for your talents, just like you're a basketball player and you have a skill set and they want to use your skill set, whether you're a barber, whether you're a mechanic, whether you're somebody who knows a ton about sports. These are all skill sets, and hopefully you'll be able to benefit by that by kind of branding yourself a little bit. Exactly. Love it, man. Did I miss yeah. anything? I feel like we covered everything. We covered the high school career, the college career, the pro career. I talked about advice. I think I can let you go and go do your thing and probably what are you going to go? Hit some free throws, go work out. I got the workouts in today already. I already got them in. I'm actually uh, uh, probably well. I'm recovering from Villanova losing earlier in the uh, earlier in the day. They lost today in the tournament, so that was tough. Um, yeah, man. And I'm probably just hanging out and then getting ready to do the same thing tomorrow. Awesome, man. So, uh, best of luck going forward. Appreciate you spending the time with me, man. And I'm rooting for you now as a Scotia Glenville resident. I'm definitely rooting for you even more harder than I ever did before, Joe. Appreciate your time as always. Yeah, appreciate you having me. Talk soon.